Hello and welcome to Even the Trunchbull, our show about children's books and why we still love them as adults. She's Nina. They're Matt. And we think that children's books are for everyone because we've all been kids. Even, Even the, the Trunchbull. Trunchbull. They're all mistakes, children. Filthy, nasty things. Glad I never was one. From Roald Dahl's beloved Matilda, despite her protestations. Each episode we review one picture book and one chapter book. We've started off with books that we read as kids, but if you've got a book that you'd like us to review, especially if you are currently a kid, please get in touch. You can email us on eventhetrunchbull at gmail.com or catch us on Twitter and Facebook at TrunchbullPod and on Instagram we are eventhetrunchbull. And it's the end of season five! We've done 25 whole episodes yeah. at this point. So we're wrapping up this series with a special episode about audiobooks. Yeah, we're always banging on about the authors and illustrators of the books we cover on even the Trunchbull, you know, which is right and proper. But this time we're taking our hats off to the performers who read aloud to us and to the young people in our lives. These are recommendations that we've handpicked for the quality of the performance by the reader. There's a really boring debate that comes around every few years in like the book world about whether you've really read a book if you listen to the audiobook, so let's get our stance out of the way. Audiobooks are books. There's nothing holy about a paper book. It's just a nice object that contains a story. Lots of people don't have the time or ability to read books with their eyes, so it's great we can read them with our ears. I'd actually even go further than that as well, because I never really engaged with audiobooks much until we started doing this. Mm-hmm. Audiobooks was kind of a, a way to access books that I didn't have, yeah. whether it be at short notice or whatever else. I sort of prefer it in some ways. Yeah, it's better for my attention span. I, you know, I can listen to it while I'm doing other things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, for sure, it's much more accessible for a lot of people. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I kind of think it's it's a really nice way to engage with a story because you get the performance as well, and there's such an art to that. It's an extra layer. It feels parallel to an argument you get in poetry, whether poetry is proper poetry if it's only for stand-up performance and not written down on the page. (laughs) I think similarly it comes around every few years. It's such a boring debate, isn't it? I have to bite my tongue because I always just get really bored of it. (laughs) (laughs) I possibly uh, was guilty of that exact snobbery unthinkingly until I started listening to audiobooks and then went, wow, these are great. Yeah. It's just a really lovely way to listen to a story. So yeah, so this episode is going to be a bit different to what we normally do. We're not going to be diving deeply into these stories. Today we're going to be talking about the voice performances. So some of these books are books that we've already covered on the show and others are ones that we hope that we might get to at some point. First though, we're just going to chat about our own experiences as kids with audiobooks back in the back in the land of cassette tapes and cds we're uh, 1992 babies listeners yeah so did you have audiobooks as a child nina yes they were a feature mainly when we were in the car and the first one i can remember being obsessed with nobody else in my family remembers (laughs) (laughs) so i had to do some digging to find it but i remember that i liked it so much that I used to always ask for it, even though I'm sure everybody else was sick of hearing it. It wasn't very long. It was a collection of Aboriginal tales as retold by David Angus and read by 
stand pretty. So by my standards of today, you know, these were probably whitewashed, etc. But they're great stories. Sure. They're about like how the boomerang was invented. Ah, uh, nice. Okay. How the emu lost her wings. The rainbow snake in the dream time. These are all like well-known Aboriginal tales. And I remember there was the sound of a didgeridoo in the background sometimes, which I was well into. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that was one of my first special interests, to be honest. I think we had other cassette tapes in the car, and I always insisted on this one. Nice. What was yours? Did you have them as a kid? I kind of don't think of them as audiobooks straight away, but then I think, oh, no, we did used, we did used to have, like stories on cassettes and stuff so mm. you know last week we we're doing burglar bill i was chatting to me mum about that she reminded us that we had that on cassette as well oh it's read by bernard cribbins oh <laughs> of course of course fabulous we had a cassette for the car with an audiobook on and it was you know the sort of car ride when you're kids where everyone just disappears so far into their own head that mm. there'll just be silence for hours and it was just this story and I remember getting completely engrossed in it. And I've tried to find a few times what it was. And what I thought it might be, having done a bit of digging around, is Animorphs. <laughs> I'm really not sure that it actually was. I remember it was, it was a story about kids who could turn into animals. And there was this amazing end sequence of someone almost dying, but then turning into a phoenix. And it was incredible. If anyone is listening to this and going, oh, I know what that is, or indeed going, aye, that's Animorphs, then do just like tweet in and let us know, because it would be really <laughs> nice to know what that story was. But as it is, it just kind of holds this kind of mystical place of that amazing story yeah. with the Phoenix ending. Me and my little sister used to get cassette tapes from our granddad when we were little. So our granddad lived in Canada. And he would send, like, the younger kids in the family these cassette tapes of him doing a little message going, Hello, hello, Matty and Ruby. And we had one with Peter and the wolf on, and he would just, like, play the thing, and then there'd be a little message at the start and the end. So I guess they were probably bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> these were pirated cassettes. So, yeah, that was my early experiences with audiobooks, yeah. But so now you've got back into them because of doing the podcast? Yeah, totally, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm really glad um, that the podcast has given you that. Yeah, definitely. It's it's just, it's a really nice way to experience stories. Shall we start off with our recommendations then, Matt? Yes. What would you like to tell us about first? My first recommendation is Ikenga by Nnedi Okorafor and read by Ben Onwukwe. So, because I'm already a big fan of Nnedi Okorafor's writing for teenagers and adults, I was really excited to see that she has written a middle grade. And then I was even more excited to see that it was read by Ben Onwukwe, because I have listened to other fantasy books mainly by him. He's really good at accents. In this, because the story is set in Kaleria, which is in Nigeria... He does a Nigerian accent. It's a story about a young boy whose father was chief of police in their town of Kaleria, and then his father is murdered by a mob of criminals. And then it's about Namdi wanting to take revenge and being given these powers of like super strength by any Genga, which is a little Nigerian statuette and that's passed down father to son. It's like a superhero story. He becomes a superhero. But in the first chapter, you're just sort of getting to grips with the world. And I thought that um, Ben Onwukwe's voice 
and accent really helped with that. The accent really takes you there. It's got a real gravitas to the voice as well, doesn't it? It's... Yeah. Yeah. And I was interested that they'd picked a man to read Ikenga. I suppose it makes sense because it's a story about a boy. I think everything else I've read by Nnedi Okorafor is about a girl or a woman. Um, what do you think about the choice of the gender of the reader? Do you think that it should be the gender of the main character or the gender of the writer, necessarily? In this case, if it's a male protagonist, I guess it makes sense that it's a male narrator as well. But, I mean, you know, it leads us on to one of the ones I'm bringing because I wanted to talk about Pog by Padraig Kenny, which we did back in... Episode 2. And the audiobook for that's gorgeous, read by Cecilia Ramsdale. And that led you to think that Padraig Kenny was a woman, didn't it? I found myself assuming that the writer was female. Mm -hmm. And then when it came up at the end credits, Pog was written by Padraig Kenny. Oh, yeah, it's written by a man. And it was weird that that kind of slightly changed the essence of the story for me and made me want to kind of recalibrate some things. Mm. That was quite a nice experience and I think testament to probably both the writing and the narration that Cecilia Ramsdale read that story so well that it it was hard to imagine it not being her story, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just kind of totally owned it. What I love about Padraig's writing is that down to the smallest characters, it feels like he really cares about them all. Mm. And the narration by Cecilia Ramsdale did that for me as well. Like I was absolutely sure that she was completely invested in these people and cared about them. I cried when I finished listening to Pog. And that's in the writing for sure. But I think the narration and the performance of that aided that. And the voice she does for Pog himself this sort of what's to do now (laughs) i literally can't imagine him with any other voice yeah she just absolutely nailed it i think that's the thing maybe that gets underestimated with audiobooks as well like it's not just reading a book it's an acting job there's a lot of creative decisions to be made there like that creative decision of what pog's voice sounds like is kind of crucial and it's such a specific and weird decision that she's made that works so well you know (laughs) I think that's become even truer in recent years during like the rise of the audiobook and Audible. If you listen to older audiobooks, it's much more often someone who's just reading the book. Right. And now I think because audiobooks have gone mainstream and big business, there's a yeah. lot more acting involved. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's good. That's great. Yes, I think so. I think it adds something. Well, especially for children's books. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Shall we move on to our next recommendation, Matt? Yeah. So next one is one that I discovered from my library app. It's called Begone the Raggedy Witches. It's by Celine Kiernan and read by Eva McMahon. It's a contemporary witchy story with some very interesting witches. Well, something I like about like modern children's books is that the witch as an idea has been reimagined in loads of cool ways, um, including in this one. So the witches in this don't exactly fly, they just swing from branch to branch, I guess like big gorillas. It's really creepy. It's really, really creepy. And Aoife's voice for like the creepy, spooky stuff is really good. And she also inhabits 
the thoughts of Mup, who's the main character, really well. So there's a bit when Mup sees the witches for the first time, and she remembers that her auntie said, if you see the witches ever, I don't care what they're doing, come and tell me, and don't tell your mum and dad. And then the narration from Mup's point of view goes, but I'd never imagined they'd be so scary, can I really not tell ma'am? <laughs> um, I would highly recommend this audiobook. It's just got all these little reminders for you that it's set in Ireland, and the mm. accent does that too. Aoife McMahon has otherwise done a lot of chiclet audiobooks, so it's sort of interesting to see her doing something different. So yeah, highly recommend that one. Nice. The next one is going to be David Tennant. We put a call out on Twitter to ask people who their favourite narrators is, and David Tennant by far came out on top. <laughs> yeah, he was very much recommended by a lot of people. We'll put all the recommendations that we got in the show notes as well, because we got a few. You can see why, though, with David Tennant. Yeah. He's just, he just grabs you. Yeah. He's really good. He's just got a voice and a delivery that sort of demands that you listen. Yeah. It just compels attention. We're talking about the Wizards of Wands series by Cressida Cowell, but he has done many other audiobooks for children. In the Wizard of Wands, the narrator is part of the story, and it reminds you at the beginning of every book. It says, I too am part of this story, listener. Can you guess which one? I'll tell you at the end. He's really playing the narrator. He's really playing a character in the story. Mm. Um, he gets to use his Scottish accent, which they didn't let him do in Doctor Who, so that's good. Oh, yeah, he was English when he did Doctor Who, yeah, wasn't he? why? <laughs> Which is ridiculous, really. The Wizards of Once is the story about two children from different warring factions, and one of the factions is the Warriors, and the other faction is the Wizards. And in this, the Warriors are Scottish. And he doesn't do that annoying thing that a lot of male narrators do, which is just put on a silly, squeaky voice when he's voicing a woman or a girl. Hmm. He actually goes a bit deeper, I think, for Queen Sycorax, who's this, like, terrifying baddie character. He just sort of does this soft, deep Scottish accent dripping with, like, malice and violence. It's really good. He also sings and screeches and screams <laughs> in these audiobooks. Like, he's doing a lot. <laughs> Will you tell us about um, the David Armand books, Matt? Again, coming back to a book that we've done on the podcast, The Boy Who Climbed Into the Moon by David Almond, which is a one of one of our favourites, yes. certainly one of my favourites. And, and also The Tale of Angelino Brown, which is a, another of David Almond's. So David Almond is, is quite close to both our hearts, mm -hmm. I suppose. We had a lot of exposure to him growing up in the northeast. You always forget that I didn't, Matt. I didn't grow up in you the didn't, northeast. You didn't? You didn't? <laughs> I'm very touched that you think I did, but I didn't. But yeah, and these audiobooks are read by Malcolm Hamilton in just a nice, thick, bouncy Geordie accent. Yes. And it's just <laughs> lovely. And it's a kind of warm, slightly cheeky, chappy yeah, yeah. sort of Geordie, but complete, completely authentic, the sort of Geordie that your dad's mates would, would speak. Yeah. <laughs> So in The Boy Who Climbed Into the Moon, he only uses that accent when he's doing dialogue and he's sort of doing yeah. the narration in RP, which I think is a shame. But if you want a lot of the accent, go and listen to the tale of Angelino Brown. Angelino Brown. That's how he says it. <laughs> the tale of Angelino Brown opens on this really amazing scene where 
a bus driver thinks he's having a heart attack. It's like really vivid and grabs you right away. And it sort of feels like you're the bus driver, right? Like it's definitely a bus driver driving around Newcastle about to like bring his bus into the depot next to the Lidl on Shields Road. It feels so present to me. Feels like people that I see every day. The main couple are a bus driver and a dinner lady. So the bus driver, Bert, thinks he's having a heart attack because he feels a fluttering against his chest and his jacket feels too tight and he's sweating and feels really unwell. Then he reaches into his jacket pocket and there's a little boy in a little dress kind of thing with some wings. <laughs> 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 and he goes, oh, I know what I'll call you. I'll call you Angelino. <laughs> Fantastic. There is a lot of farting in this book. Farting is the main trait <laughs> of the little angel, Angelino. <laughs> it's very cute. It's very Geordie. If you like the boy who climbed into the moon and want that, but like more and for a slightly younger audience, go for the tale of Angelino Brown. Nice. So to recap then, our recommended audiobook performers are in no particular order. Cecilia Ramsdale, who performed Pog by Patrick Kelly. Ben Onwukwe, who performed Ikenga by Nedi Okorafor. Aoife McMahon, who amongst others has performed Begone the Raggedy Witches by Celine Kiernan. David Tennant, who performed The Wizards of Once by Cressida Cowell. And Malcolm Hamilton, David Alman's regular audiobook performer, who we loved listening to for The Boy Who Climbed Into the Moon and The Tale of Angelino Brown. So we're going on break now. That's the end of season five. We will be back at some time in the summer, we think. And if you're missing us, there are five whole seasons. <laughs> yeah, we've done 25 episodes in a year, <laughs> which is impressive. Being of British persuasion, I don't think either of us are particularly keen on blowing our own trumpets, but held on us. <laughs> this has been like a part-time job yeah. and nobody paid us, <laughs> but it has been a joy to share these books with you and we'll be back with more. Do leave us a review or just drop us a message. Yeah. Like, We love that people listen to this and we love doing it. But it is lush to hear what people think as well. So if you do have any thoughts or suggestions for books, definitely get in touch with us. That would be really lovely. Yes. So we're at eventheTrunchable at gmail.com, on Twitter and Facebook at TrunchablePod, and Instagram at eventheTrunchable. So intro music for this episode and every episode is What a Wonderful Day by Shane Ivers. And remember, kids' books can be for everyone, because we've all been kids. Even Even the the Trunchable. Trunchable.